0: Laura Moss, thank you very much for coming into Karma. Once Thanks again. for having me. The Ghana government have invested around about $100 million to build a nationally significant arts trail throughout the territory. And that's a quote that I got from the website for the arts trail. Could you explain for our listeners exactly where this money actually physically goes to? And is there like a physical arts trail?
1: Mm. Yes. So there will be a physical arts trail. So um, we recognise that our arts and culture across the territory is a really huge strength of ours. Um, And we think that even with the existing offering, that this is something that people should come to the territory to experience. And in particular, if you want to experience First Nations art and culture, um, that the Northern Territory is the place to to come and immerse yourself in that and be educated around that. Um, So that campaign is actually based off our existing offering. Um, But around the $100 million investment, I think there's been some um, well-discussed and and publicised aspects of that from the National Aboriginal Art Gallery and Cultural Centre to uh, the grants round that's been going out to art centres and galleries and museums right across the Northern Territory to help them to improve their infrastructure. Um, So we acknowledge that not every art centre across the Territory wants to necessarily... um, have tourists through but there are a lot that do so we're working with different art centres about how we can promote um, what's happening across our regions
0: Can I ask who those centres art centres are that are interested in wanting to get those uh, tourism numbers through?
1: Yeah look we've got about um, or we've got
0: Are a lot of them in remote communities for example?
1: There there are remote communities yeah and one of the co- conversations that I have most often actually when I go to remote communities is around the art centres and, and often around tourism as well and the fact that people want to um, share those stories and also see some of the economic benefit of tourism in the Territory. Um, There's around, I think, just under 30 um, art centres that are currently on what we're promoting as the Arts Trail, Um, but there's obviously many more art centres than that, so we're working with them around developing their products so that they are visitor-ready. but in terms of the grants rounds that went out, there's quite a few around Alice Springs, for example. Um, Jumpy Weavers have um, been recipients of some of those grants. Um, Akanji Art Centre. So there's been many in this region as well who've received arts grants to um, improve their visitor experience. And uh, it's been fantastic watching some of those projects come together.
0: You mentioned in your first answer the National Aboriginal Art Gallery and that being a significant part of this Mm. arts trail. I understand you are here in town to talk to the uh, council. And I I do see announcements from the South Australian government saying that a scoping study will be undertaken for what they're going to be calling their National Aboriginal Art Gallery. Are you worried by this in, uh, in terms of the progression that the folks down in Adelaide are making? for their gallery and that we here in the Northern Territory are falling behind?
1: Yeah, look, um, I've spoken to the Minister responsible for Arts in South Australia and I know the Chief Minister spoken to the Premier in South Australia and, um, you know, we don't see these projects necessarily as competing um, but I've said all along, you know, we want to make sure that the National Aboriginal Art Gallery is in Alice Springs and that's the rightful home for it. Um, so is it
0: a case of actually just the title of what the actual building or the facility that they're building is, the one in Alice, the gallery I, in Alice I, Springs is the I think national? The most,
1: I think the most important aspect of this is I actually think it's really positive to see um, governments across this country investing in arts and culture. Um, we've seen so many um, governments over many, many years that haven't or have cut money from the arts that I actually really welcome all jurisdictions who want to invest in this i think it's it's fantastic i honestly think that the one of national standing and global significance deserves to be in Alice springs and i think it's been you know it's it's all publicly out there it's it's a complex project, um, and you know the point of contention's been around the site in particular, um, and we know that there's been a, a change in support um, over the Christmas period. That's something that we're committed to working through, um, and I still hold very firm on my firm belief that this is a project that has to happen for Alice Springs.
0: Where is it at in terms of the moment? I mean, you, you, you and other members of the government are still adamant that it's still going to be here, like you just said, but exactly where will the progression go to? I mean, the Anzac Oval Precinct still, from my understanding, remains the preferred site. Is that not Look, right? it,
1: it is It is still our preferred site, but I think given that there has been a change over that um, Christmas period and, you know, notwithstanding that wasn't that long ago um, we are considering our options going forward and most importantly um, the consideration of our options going forward has to be done um, with consultation with the community and in particular with traditional owners and, and Aboriginal organisations and um, you know we can't rush this it's we've got to do it right and and it is complex as I said so I um, yeah, and so someone... we're, we're considering the the future of that at the moment.
0: Okay, let's go on to another recent announcement regarding, uh, as part of your sports portfolio and your promise to upgrade sporting infrastructure in remote communities throughout the NT. You recently announced a grant which was to be given to, which is going to be given to East Arnhem Regional Council to help with some sporting infrastructure in that area. Could you tell us if some sporting infrastructure is going to be built here in Central Australia?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a $10 million commitment around our remote sporting infrastructure. Um, We know how important those places like the ovals or the softball diamonds, you know, that these are really important things for communities, especially around youth engagement and and things like that, Um, and how important sport is across uh, the Northern Territory. So there's a whole range of projects happening. I've just got a little list in front of me too. We've got Papunya, Docker River, uh, House Bluff uh, and a range of others across Central Australia that will see improved infrastructure as a result of this investment. Um, And it's right across the Northern Territory. So we're working with local councils and authorities around What those priority projects have been Mm. Um, and many of those are getting underway in terms of tenders going out and uh, those local communities should see that work starting soon.
0: In mid-January, Bill Shorten uh, visited Palmerston uh, and stated that there would be a $5 investment to improvements to their Palmerston pool. Um, while this is probably welcome, obviously, in the Palmerston community, I'm sure that there are remote communities who'd want to pool in their area as well. And I, looking at your announcement, something like the infrastructure um, funding that you're giving to uh, many remote communities mm. here in Central Australia and East Arnhem Land probably would be suited to actually include pools, not only because, obviously, they provide a healthy lifestyle for mm. swimming, but uh, we've experienced quite a hot summer you know, a lot of people might want to get relief from the heat. Should more focus be on infrastructure process for things like pools in remote communities? Then?
1: Pools are always really um, sought after um, things in communities, I think. And, um, you know, where you've got pools in communities, you can always see people having great time cooling off. It is a really important part, as you say, of um, cooling down. And mm. But also I think it's really important that we're teaching kids um how to swim and all of those um sorts of life skills as well. Um so you know it is something that I think we have to look at how we we manage that it's something that councils uh, are have been responsible for around communities in the past um and you know where that's a priority project for them but um you know I'm sure the federal government's thinking of that as well. Okay. Fed- and federal opposition.
0: On to another topic. Earlier, also in January, a federal parliamentary inquiry found up to around about 80% of First Nations souvenirs sold in Australia are fake. Um, While this is a federal inquiry, are there measures that the NT government take in fighting fake art, the Northern Territory in general, rather?
1: This is something that really concerns me. Um, I think it's something that everybody knew, but I think that the inquiry puts some more... um, context around what is actually happening across this country. So I've certainly made it clear to my, um, you know, my jurisdictional counterparts when we meet um, that as a minister responsible for arts in the Northern Territory, I'm happy to look at what we can do to take more responsibility around how we um, educate visitors in particular about fake and authentic art and making sure that the money that is spent on art and souvenirs is going back to the artists uh, where it should be going. Um, so that's something we're actively looking at. It's something that through things like the arts trails, we are making sure that we have um, that, those references to that Indigenous art code all the way through that. Um, we want to make sure that we're supporting Indigenous artists and Indigenous art centres across the Territory. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a really big problem that I think that we need to take more um, notice of collectively across the country.
0: In a tourist market worth millions of dollars estimated, this could possibly be potentially helping the economy, which there's a lot mm. in, been a lot of talk about in the NT here as well lately. Wouldn't a crackdown on people who actually are known to be selling stuff that's made overseas or benefit the remote communities, but of course the Northern Territory economy, which is not in the best of health at the moment?
1: I absolutely think that a a crackdown or a better education uh, around authentic art um, and fake art would benefit the economy. Um, Absolutely.
0: How would the Northern Territory Government do that? I mean, I know that that's something that the federal government do focus on a lot more so than we do, but I'm sure you'd have a voice in that.
1: Well, and I do. So as I've said, uh, you know, in those national conversations, I've certainly been there to put my hand up to say I think the Northern Territory can be um doing more in that space and despite the fact that you know that this is a federal inquiry and that they've got a responsibility there um I think we can be doing more and so that we're open to having and continuing those discussions but I've also made it very clear to my department that things like the arts trails and the art gallery extensions that we need to be um doing the same thing and making sure that we are um, promoting authentic art and that we are doing what we can do um, to really drive people to the, those art centres where the money is going to go back to the artists. So we're always open to what more we can be doing and if people do have ideas about that, uh, I've made it very, very clear that I see we have, I think, an obligation to do more um, in this space, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, the Parchama Festival is due to be launched here fairly soon, and I I know that you've also had a big involvement in terms of it being, you know, uh, it's staged here. Um, The festival is actually going to happen in April. Do you think that this shift of this festival is an indication that Alice Springs should host more events year round outside of the busy period that occurs later in the year?
1: I think it's hugely important for Alice Springs um, that... We continue to have that broad calendar of events. So uh, arts and cultural events, there's lots of sports events um, that happen down here. Um, But the fact that that's in April is really important. These are traditionally quieter times of the year uh, for the Territory as a whole. Mm. Um, So we want to make sure that we're continuing to give people reasons to visit when it is a bit quieter and they're coming and they're putting money into the local economy here. Um, So that will be on the 5th of April this year and you know, it's been 35% increase on participation last year, mm. um, more investment in it. So we saw the CBD elements um, and it's absolutely beautiful and we'll have Baker Boy at the closing this year. so Oh, um, nice. Which is fantastic. So there cool. you go, you heard it here first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You mentioned earlier in the interview that you are here to speak to the Alice Springs Town Council. You know, it has been front-page news in regards to the... Uh, condition of Traeger Park Oval and which led to the cancellation of the BBL. Oh don't think there has been any any events since the end of the actual Central Australian Football League late last mm. year there. What are you hoping to um discuss with the Alice Springs Town Council when you meet with them? I'm assuming this is high on their priority list?
1: It is. So I am down here today. Obviously, we've got Parliament tomorrow, so I'll be back tonight. But um, I am down here with the view to talk to Alice Springs Town Council. And really, um, you know, I've got one priority and that's looking forward Mm -hmm. and making sure that the surface at Traeger is... um, fit for uh, play for that big AFL game later in the year in July. Um, but also I think it's really important for those local cricketers, those local AFL players to be able to get back out there and, and know they've got those beautiful grounds that, you know, I think we all agree Traeger's spectacular ground, um, that that gets back up to the standard we need. And, but it is really important that we are providing that certainty around major events that we're investing in.
0: The National Indigenous Cricket Championships as well as the Imparja Cup have finished up uh, today and uh, a lot of cricketers uh, have been in town uh, kind of utilising a lot more of the smaller ovals throughout town. Do you think that there's a chance that those smaller ovals can be improved in terms of getting more infrastructure there? We have heard there have been good numbers attending a lot of these games over the last week. Is more investment needed into these smaller grounds from both a Northern Territory and Council level, uh, particularly for big uh, expanding competitions like the Imparcha Cup and the National Indigenous Cricket Championships?
1: Uh, from an NT government level, um, you know we've put $6.2 million into infrastructure in Alice Springs, um, sporting infrastructure that was identified by council in collaboration with the community. So that's a whole range of different ovals, um, including the Ronda um yeah, the Rondidiano oval, and uh, and Albrecht um, will get some investment. Mm. Um, as a result of that, so some different infrastructure projects happening there. Um, Albrecht Oval obviously hosted WBBL when that needed to be moved from Traeger Park. Um, but Trager Park is the premier venue here in Alice Springs. It is, uh, you know, it does have certain um, other standards. And, you know, I think ultimately, yes, we can always look at more infrastructure for more um, sports across Alice Springs and that's a conversation we're always having and I certainly want to see mm. but we also need to make sure that the upkeep of those existing facilities is at the standard we need um, to provide some certainty for these major events so as a government we have provided funding to support the the big AFL game coming down here in July um, for two years of BBL and WBBL and we need to be able to provide that certainty around the venues that are selected for that. Um, so, look, we've got a, a conversation we need to have today. AFL and AFL-NT are down here as well. Okay. Um, and our view is how can we all make sure we're working together to make sure that the, the venues here are um, up to the standard we need.
0: With that, Lauren Moss, thank you very much for coming in and talking to us and giving us an update on what's going on in your portfolio. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me have again. A, have a great parliamentary sitting this week.
1: Thank you.